Blog Talk Radio. And I'm most definitely from... Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pinstripe Talk. My name is Anthony, and um, today we'll be going down our ALE breakdown. We're going down uh, through the American League East, breaking down each team, um, their records, and um, what we think their, um, some, of their, some of their predominant player stats will be, and um, pretty much going through what the American League East is going to shape up as. This is going to be a competitive division uh, at the top. This is definitely going to be one of the more top-heavy divisions of baseball, and the bottom half of this division is going to be pretty rough, and the top two teams are going to beat up on this. Um, on this, uh, the, the top two teams are going to beat up on the bottom few teams uh, rather quickly. So <clears throat> uh, my co-host, Eamon, uh, will be in shortly. Um, but as of right now, um, as they say, the show must go on. So uh, let's just jump into what I think about um, – I'm going to start at the bottom, personally. I'm going to start at the bottom <clears throat> because, uh, I mean, you you got to talk about the worst. And I, I think – you're going about. You can't talk about the worst teams in baseball, or at least at this stage in the game, without talking about the Baltimore Orioles. They're god awful. They they are the epitome of a of a downtrodden franchise, and I um and I really believe that they are uh, just. It's it's really sad to see the state of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, so let me just jump into that for one second. I have some <clears> stats <throat> here, but before that, uh, let's welcome in my co-host. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties here, guys. My co-host, Eamon, is back online with us. Uh, w- welcome yourself. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm back on. Sorry, guys. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties for, uh, today's show. So, um, yeah, uh, I heard you talking about the, uh, Orioles and, um, yeah, I was talking about prediction. Baltimore and the rest of the division. Yep. Okay. Well, before, before we jump into Baltimore, actually, since we are a Yankees-related show, and um, <laughs> our time code says that we are supposed to talk about the Yankees, let's talk about the Yankees because, I mean, we can get to the Orioles in a second. I mean, they're gonna we, we can just laugh at them in a moment. But before we go into the rest of the uh, division, let's talk about our beloved Bronx Bombers. Now, Eamon, you love this team just as much as I do. I know you have a lot to say about them and their players, so by all means, shoot. All right, um, so I'm going to throw out some of my predictions. These are the guys um, that are, you know, well-known in our uh, on our team, Judge, Stanton, and we got Severino, and then I have a little bit of the record. 
So for for Judge, I have him going 43 home runs, 103 RBIs, and batting 285. And then for Stanton, I have 41 homers, 97 RBIs, and batting 275. And then I have Sanchez hitting 38 home runs, 92 RBIs, and batting 280. And then I have um, Severino going. 20 and 5 with a 2.54 ERA and having 245 Ks. Um, for some of the, if you're wondering uh, why some of them are a little low, I actually did look up their stats and um, I made it reasonable to where uh, they uh, they were last year. Um, I know Severino, he didn't, he, I think he had. 200 maybe 30 strikeouts so I wanted to bump it up a little bit and uh, give them a little bit of a an upgrade there but I do think that the Yankees will be going for my record prediction 103 and 59. Now all that sounds wonderful and my stats aren't too far off. I have Judge I have Judge um, really breaking out uh, like he did this rookie season. I have hitting 48 home runs driving 121 and batting 281 which if Aaron Judge does that. Uh, that's MVP caliber. And right behind him is Stanton. He's 46 home runs, 110 RBI, and batting 272. Um, now, you could say, why, why is Stanton going to hit 46 home runs? He had 38, uh, he had 38 last year. Um, that's because Aaron Judge will be healthy, hopefully, for a full season. And Aaron Judge will help him in the power department because you don't want to pitch either of those guys. And having one guy in the order helps the other guy in the order. Uh, and the big bounce-back season, I, I really – I really predict a huge bounce-back season for Gary Sanchez, um, batting um, 281, which is about 100 points higher from last season, um, with 93 RBIs and hitting 33 home runs. Um, it really is going to be a bounce-back season for Gary. I believe in him strongly. Um, and, of course, we have our ace, uh, Luis Severino, who I think go 21-4 with a 2-4-4 and with 267 strikeouts. Um, he... He did tail off at the end of the season. Um, it was clear evidence he was tipping his pitches. So he just got to correct that little little hitch in whatever he pitches because if you know he's throwing his slider, you're going to lay off it. So he, he got, he's going to work on that, and he, um, he definitely has a, uh, a shot to win the signing award. Uh, and I think the overall record will be uh, 102 and, um, and uh, 62. Uh, I'm sorry, 102 and 60. Yeah. So that's um, my favorite for predictions. Exactly, and we can go into other ball players like the bullpen and, and Luke. Floyd. What do you think about uh, certain ball players? Like, say Luke White wins the job, or or um, or, or Chapman is a closer. So let's go into some more predictions you might you may have for this for this team. Um. Now, do you want me? You want me to give like, let's say we do Luke Voigt. You want me to give like home runs, RBI stuff like that? Yeah, just go in. Go into what you think. What we did with uh, um, Justin Sanchez. What do you think he's gonna he's gonna do? I think Luke Voigt, I'm pretty sure he had around 20 to 25 home run range at the end of the season. I, I don't really remember. Um, he definitely I had it for a power. Could, I think he hit about uh, 10 or 15 around the Yankees. Yeah, I think he could – I feel like he could top out at 28 home runs, at, at least at the end of the year. Um, maybe bat to – to 81, 82, um, and probably have about 
85 RBIs, I would say. Yeah, I can see, I could definitely see that. I could totally see that with Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt reminds me uh, of just like of a, of a good old fashioned ball player. I think if he wins the first base job, I think 20, 20 home runs is is definitely something he can he can clearly clearly accomplish. Um, this team uh, really has has found some diamonds with guys like Luke Voigt and Miguel Andujar and Labor Torres and with, with these uh, with these rookies coming up and playing well and savvy trades with Cashman getting Luke Voigt on uh, to play first base. Um, I think I think his batting average might regress, probably in the two seventies, two sixties, and he's never done it before. I mean, last season he was phenomenal, but is that the real Luke Voigt, or is the Luke, or is the real Luke Voigt the bat, the guy who batted two forty six in twenty seventeen in sixty two games with the Cardinals? So we don't know who the real Luke Voigt is quite yet. And I mean, you can't really predict bullpen ERAs; they fluctuate very quickly. I mean, guy can blow up in the early parts of the season, uh, and his ERA can balloon. Um, so yeah, I, I can't really predict the errors, but I just, if I'm predicting the bullpen as a whole, I think it's going to be uh, dominant and lights out. And I think Chappie's going to have another all-star season as a closer. Um, Dellen, Adovino, Britton, uh, Greeny, um, these, these guys are really, really rare to go, um, for, for the season because, I mean, they, they got balls in those arms and they're going to use them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the bullpen will be good. Um, uh, obviously, like you said, we can't really predict that they fluctuate, uh, throughout, you know, every game or so whenever they, you know, go in. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely think this bullpen will be one of the strengths for them to, you know, carry them out into the, uh, playoffs and into, you know, that late point of the season where they, you know, can pick, get, you know, pick up a little bit of, uh, those wins that they need to uh, secure the uh, division spot. Definitely, definitely. Um, this, this team is just this team is built to win. They have a phenomenal rotation, a phenomenal bullpen, and a phenomenal <clears throat> um, offense. So, I mean, if everything you do on your team you do well, you're you're bound to uh, you're bound to obviously play well in the season. That's just how it works. Um, I really do believe in guys like. James Paxton. Um, I, I, I don't really believe too much, to be very honest with you, uh, in Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, I think he's built for the playoffs, but before that, I just, I, I'm a little iffy on my confidence with the man. Um, but I, I really have a lot of confidence uh, in, in the team as a whole, as, as a whole team. It really, it really has become like a unit, a, a one singular team. Uh, instead of just a bunch of egos playing playing for their own selves, this has really become one cohesive unit that I um, that I really believe in strongly. And this is not just coming from a guy who's a huge Yankee fan. I mean, obviously, I am a huge Yankee fan, but um, this is just a, this is me being uh, a smart baseball man, knowing my players and knowing my team. And this team really just has it all going for it. Yeah, um, I really don't see. Besides the Astros, I really don't see any, you know, AL team really, you know, t- tearing this team apart to, to where they can't move on to, like, the next round of the playoffs or something like that, um, or, you know, tearing them out into, a, like, a three-game series where you get swept. I really don't – I can't really see that because we don't have any weakness. It, we don't really have any weakness. If you look at the team, we – from from – Top to bottom, we have solid people that can step up in 
any you know any position any situation in the in, in the infield outfield or in the game um so i i think this team <clears throat> right now looks like it could do some some damage this team definitely looks like one of those juggernaut teams that um i mean if i'm if i'm like some Detroit Tigers fan, and I see the Yankees roll into Detroit in the middle of June. I might not go to the game. I mean, I go to the game to see the players like Chuck and Stanton, but I don't want to see my team lose twelve to one. Um, it's a, it's a team that's scary to play, and it can be scary for the playoffs because they're they're really built for playoffs. They have that phenomenal bullpen. Their starter only has to go four innings, and then you go then you go with Britain and Alvino and. Uh, Batances and Green, and I mean even Tommy Canley and Jonathan Holder. It's it's one. It's maybe the best put together Yankee team I've seen maybe in my lifetime. Although I I I, I lived through the '90s Yankees teams. I just obviously don't remember the most born '97, so I don't have recollection of those teams. But I do believe this team is um is is one of the scarier teams in, in my memory. Yeah, um, obviously, with the news that came out yesterday, we didn't get Machado, but we didn't really need him. As I said, I said this in a few episodes ago, we didn't, you know, he's a good addition for our team, um, but we have we have all the pieces we need to win a championship. Um, he was just in a want. We didn't really need him. And, um, yeah, I think this team, without Machado and without even Harper, because we still need to see what he's going to, happened with him. Um, I, you know, I think this team's set to, uh, to do some damage, hopefully not just this year, but for more years to come. Definitely. Um, Yankees did miss out on Manny Machado. Um, it's, it's a little unfortunate. I didn't, I, I was, I switched whether I thought they were going to get them. I didn't think they were going to get them. So I kind of flip flop on that. Uh, but now he's not a Yankee. Um, He'll play well in San Diego. It's not like he went to the Red Sox or the Astros or, or Oakland or, or Cleveland. So he's not one of our division rivals, so we don't have to worry about him. Um, but uh, good on Manny for going to uh, San Diego and chasing the money like, uh, like he, they said he would. And he, um, he, he'll, he'll play well in San Diego. Um, but with, even without Manny and even without Bryce, um, this team is set to do some, um, some serious damage. Yeah, I um, I totally agree. Um, I hope you could uh, you know, we could you know have the setting stone for uh, the guys, and uh, hopefully um, you know, do what they need to do, um, and everything like that. Uh, so this is it for the Yankees little segment. Um, we'll be going on to the Red Sox and all throughout there, and then uh, playoff predictions. So. Um, let's play the ad. Hey, it's John from the Mason Mets podcast of the Baseball Podcast Network. I'm here to tell you to join our podcast on Thursday. Tune in. It'll be at 7 p.m. It will run an hour and 30 minutes. We will talk about many of the spring training news going on right now, including Jake DeGrom's continued contract negotiations the return of T.J. Rivera from Tommy John surgery, Robinson Cano arriving to spring training, 
and using David Wright's old locker. David Wright will never be replaced, and Robinson Cano knows that. But Robinson Cano is going to try and emulate what David Wright has meant for this to this team for so long. All that and much more Thursday, 7 p.m. Please join us. Thank you. Orioles. Oh, welcome back. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to be going over the Orioles um, and uh, what we think they're – I mean, they don't really have a team um, of, you know, solid stars or anything, but we have some few – we have a few people here um, that th- that are at least valuable to the team um, and can do, you know, their, I guess something for them because uh, they really don't have any farm system and um, – they're kind of in the hole. Uh, so what They're is your... going to try their best. Yeah. They're definitely going to so... try their best. It's not like every team goes into, in, into spring um, looking to lose. Obviously, if you're a, a member of the Orioles right now, you, you are um, you're probably looking at more personal uh, statistics than you are um, team statistics because the team, let's face it, is going to lose 100 games. They're going to lose 100 games. They are probably arguably right there with the Marlins as the worst team in baseball. I mean, they, they, they no longer have Adam Jones. You know, he's still a free agent. Um, they have no semblance of a rotation. They traded Britain to us last year. Uh, they traded Brad Brock um, last year, who's now in the Cubs. They traded Kevin Gossman. They traded Jonathan Scope. They traded everybody. They got rid of everybody of value, and they got rid of the manager. They got rid of their phenomenal manager in Buck Walter. If I had to play some stats on some of their best hitters and their and their starting and their number one starting pitcher, I think Chris Davis is. I mean, you can call it a bounce back year, but hitting twenty two homers, uh, driving in seventy six and batting two two oh nine. Uh, Mancini with twenty four, uh, thirty seven. Uh, sorry, seventy seventy three RBIs. And batting 289, I do like Trey Mancini and his batting average. Um, I think he's a, a good overall ball player, probably the Orioles' best ball player. Uh, Trumbo, uh, 23-67, uh, been batting 241 with uh, Dylan Bundy, who is not a terrible starting pitcher, uh, with 11 wins, 13 losses, a, a 389, and uh, 213 strikeouts, um, which for a team that's going to lose 100 games, not a bad, not a bad record. But I think – Overall, they're going to be 54 and 108, uh, a historically bad season uh, for a historically proud franchise. Uh, th- that is the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, um, I don't, you know, I don't really see any. They're really going to need to rebuild, and that's what the, the phase they are in right now. Um, and it's tough for them because they really don't have any prospects to, you know, bring up. Um, and they have, you know, this team that's struggling. So it's going to take them a long time to even be a threat to anybody. Um, but this was kind of like, this is kind of similar to how the, um, the Marlins are kind of showing their case. Um, they really have a lot of young people, at least they have some prospects. Um, but, you know, they have a lot of young people playing. 
uh, to, you know, build that team and grow. So my predictions for the Orioles, I have Davis hitting 25 home runs, bad, um, 73 RBIs, and batting 215. Um, Mancini, I have 26 home runs, 71 RBIs, and batting 283. And then I have Trumbo with 26 home runs, 62 RBIs, and batting 253. And then I have Bundy, um, 10 and 13, the 3.74 ERA and 201 Ks. And the Orioles will end up for, I think, being 57 and 105. So, yeah, I really... It's a a sad day in Baltimore. It really is. um, And a lot of, like, the people that are good for them, it's just... They they aren't good. That's the thing. It's just I, I don't know. It's so, it's so interesting how there are certain players on the Orioles that that are starting and are everyday ball players who are who would not be starting for other teams. It's it, I mean it's they wouldn't be starting for other teams at their level. Like obviously you have I mean you Dylan Bundy would be a five starter on the Yankees on the Red Sox. Uh, the the Yankees would have released Chris Davis at this point, or the Red Sox would have released Chris Davis at this point. It's it's terrible, and you can't even you can't even pick apart their bullpen because I don't know what their bullpen is. Michael Givens is the only man of note I have in that bullpen. Him, maybe Donnie Hart. I mean, the rotation is probably going to consist of Bundy, Cashner, uh, Alex Cobb, um, the Nate Carnes, who. If that name doesn't sound familiar to a lot of you, Nate Carnes pitcher for the uh, for the Rays for a few years, the Mariners, and he out he was uh, he missed the entire 2018 season with right elbow inflammation. He's going to be their four starter most likely. Um, I mean, Mike Wright Jr., Dylan Tate, former Yankee farmhand. It's sad. It's really sad. That's I mean, their rotation. Their bullpen has Jimmy Yacobonis. Who, if you're asking who, if you're asking who that is, um, submarining right-hander, nothing to sneeze at. He's just, I don't know. You got Chris Davis, obviously, who's going to play first base. VR, probably going to play second or short. Renato Nunez um, will probably end up playing third base. Um, the outfield is probably going to be Mancini. Cedric Mullins, who I kind of like as a ball player. Uh, and Joey Rickard, who's not a bad hitter. And Trumbo. Um, this is a team that is in some dire straits. And they're not going to be good for a long time. They don't really have a farm system. Their top prospect is uh, is Yusniel Diaz, um, <clears throat> who they got in the Machado trade. Um, he's one of the top 100 prospects in baseball, but mid-tier, probably 50s, 40s, if that. Um, they just signed Alcides Escobar to a minor league contract. They'll probably play a little bit, but I, I, I really can't. I, I really can't say anything good about the Baltimore Orioles, aside from the fact that they have a young and hungry manager, Brandon Hyde, who might just, if he sticks it out, might just help build this team up from the, its lowest low in a long time. Yeah. Um... I don't know. This team is, I don't, I really can't say anything good 
I mean, the people that are solid for them aren't really, like, good players. Like, they're not good players if they played on a lot of other teams. Um, but they're good because they're on, like, one of the bad teams. Like, Chris Davis, he's slowly declining um, to being a person that really shouldn't be playing um, not really – He's not capable of doing it, what he was doing in, like, 2015, 2016, 2014. Um, and it's sad to see that him go. Trumbo is getting – he's kind of getting there up in age. Um, he's getting a little old, you know, for this team. So I do think, you know, the Orioles don't look like a solid, a solid team for – a, lo- a long time, and even the people they have now that are decent, you know, Mancy's, you know, he's young, uh, but, you know, Davis and Trumbull, they're getting up there in age, they're going to be gone, and then they're going to have to replace them with, you know, people, so I I can't really see this team going anywhere um, for a long time, it's going to take a long rebuild for the Orioles, um, and, you know, I can't really see them being a threat. Yeah, they're they're not going to be a threat. I mean, I will say this: they did give the Yankees a hard time last season. Uh, they played them tough, which, for what it's worth, I mean, I guess they're trying to play tough against the big boys, which I respect to them. <clears throat> but um, I mean, if you're looking at like when when you're looking at a good team, a great team like the Yankees, like the Astros, like the Red Sox, you always have that little extra something there that yeah, that little spark that that. You could say there's a little bit of an X factor with this team. I mean, they're great, obviously, but there's something about them. Something about them that they can't quantify, that, that, that these analytic guys can't quantify. Yet Yankees have that. They have that little extra spark. The Red Sox have it. They're, they're excited. and They've always had that from, from handshakes, from when from handshakes when they come back for home runs, to just the general excitement in the clubhouse and, and, and with the team, you, you really can't quantify that, but it's clubhouse culture, and it really makes a difference. Um, this team is going to have none of that. They, they, may, they, they may enjoy their company. They, these players may enjoy being around each other. I mean, if you're stuck with guys for, I don't know, five, six months, I mean, you better, you better like being around them. But <clears throat> these guys, yeah, they'll have fun at times, but it's not going to be fun. You're losing 108 games, and any semblance of a uh, of an X factor, any semblance of a little bit of something, is um, is not going to be there. Yeah, um, I feel like this Orioles team. It went from they were actually competing. They were, you know, a little bit of you know a threat to the Yankees. And then all of a sudden, they started making trades. They got rid of Machado, Scope, and it all started falling even more. It just kept falling down, and it went from a 80-70 to 70 win team to losing over 100 games. So I really have nothing else to say. Um, this team is really going to need to do some work. Um, with, you know, trying to get some nice prospects or, um, I don't know, doing some decent trades with what they got. 
But um, yeah, I think that's all I got to say for the for the Orioles. The way this team's going to pull itself up out of this has to be smart drafting, because they have no one to trade, they have no prospects. Um, it's just it's a sad state. It really is because you can't trade Chris Davis. He's terrible. He could not hit his weight last year. He, his batting average was almost under 200. The only guy I could see them feasibly trading, those two guys, are Mancini and Bundy, which feasibly would not bring back that much. But it's something that they have to draft well. They, they absolutely have to draft well in order for this team to be good. But if you go down the line, rotation, it's an F. Bullpen. It's a, it's, a, it's a D or an F. Probably an F. Lineup. Lineup's probably a, I don't know, a D. Um, their bench players are going to be a bunch of minor leaguers who don't even deserve to be in the big leagues, so that's an F. Um, and I, I don't see their, their farm system being very good, so I'm going to give that an F too. It's just a sad state. But um, <clears throat> they... Uh, with, with, the, with the sad fact of the Orioles, we have to uh, now move on to our, our next segment. Our next segment. Uh, but before that, um, I'm going to play a little advertisement for you. Hey, guys. This is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on the show. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern. We have a very special episode lined up for you. We're going to be breaking down, getting you guys ready for the Pirates-Phillies matchup Later in the day, first spring training game, we're also going to be discussing the bench options for the Pirates in 2019, as well as taking a look back at the last five opening day starters, as Clint Hurdle just recently announced that Jameson Tyler will take them out on opening day and Chris Archer for their home opener. And to wrap it up, we're going to be looking at the top 100 prospect rankings and see where guys like Hugh Brian Hayes and Mitch Keller land. All this and much more on this week's episode of Bucko Booth, at 8 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you tune in. You do not want to miss it. And uh, enjoy the rest of this episode. And we will see you Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. All right. Um, welcome back. We'll be talking about the Blue Jays and breaking them down. Um, but if you have any questions, you want to call in, make sure you call 845-277-9345 to uh, ask any questions um, about the AL East, about the Yankees, um, and uh, we will answer them for you. But uh, we have the Blue Jays here. I think we're going to break it down by rotation, bullpen, and then lineup uh, for just for this one we're starting. So, um, yeah, uh, let's see what you got. Into it. Um, this team, I mean, I, I have a prediction for their, for their number one starter. Uh, their number one starter is going to be Stroman. I think – um, we're obviously breaking down all these 2019 potential stats um, with every team. And uh, I think Stroman's 2019 prediction will be, um, I think it was 16 and nine with a three, four, five and 233 strikeouts. He's a good starting pitcher. Um, I don't think he's quite lived up to uh, hype around him. I think he's always been very good. Um, I, I don't watch him on a regular basis, not being a Blue Jay fan. I remember watching him for Team USA when he pitched for um, Team USA in the, in the World Baseball Classic. So I uh, saw him pitch very well there. So I do believe um, <clears throat> quite heavily in Marcus Stroman. But behind him, 
uh, you're going to have guys like Clayton Richards and Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez is a good pitcher. Um, Matt Shoemaker, who they picked up. And they're going to have some some questions in that in that bullpen for the um, for the four and the five starters. Probably Joe Biagini will be a five starter. Um, with there being a competition in spring training for that fifth job. But overall, the rotation after the two guys is going to be okay. I mean, just some personal experience. Um, I, I, I want Matt Schmicker to do well. I like Clayton Richard. I actually um, am, am in Florida right now, and I just uh, stopped by a Blue Jay spring training um, to see the team collect some autographs. <clears throat> And Matt Shoemaker was one of the nicer people I met um, as, as far as uh, baseball players go. So I want to see them do well. Um, but if I had to go with my, with my gut, I, I just don't think this team is gonna, has, the, uh, has the strength in that rotation to go past, um, past Stroman and Sanchez. Yeah. Um, I had Stroman also 16-9. I really couldn't see him going 11-10 or 14-11. Uh, that was my other options. Um, but I thought 16-9 really fit him for uh, this year. Uh, I had a 3.24 ERA, and I had 185 Ks, and they're a little bit lower than yours, but I did look at his past stats, and it he was not nowhere near 200 Ks, so I gave him around uh, 20 to maybe 25 more, um, and he also was injured last year. I think he didn't really have a high record, so... I think that's pretty good for Stroman. Um, and another guy probably running up uh, from Stroman is definitely um, Aaron Sanchez. Um, and hopefully he has a a good, you know, good year um, and could be that second, third option um, for their bullpen or rotation. Um, and, yeah, like you said, Matt Shoemaker, he's going to be probably one of those guys like, it's mediocre. Uh, we really don't know what's going to happen. Kind of like we really don't know what's going to happen with him, but we'll, you know, we'll throw him in there and see how he does. So I think the the bullpen, I mean the rotation, sorry, uh, for the uh, Blue Jays will be will be okay. Uh, I think they still need a little bit of work. Definitely, they do need some work, um, and you'll see some guys come up maybe and and surprise some people. But um, past the rotation, we got to talk about that bullpen. They got Ken Giles last off, uh, last, uh, last season. They traded Roberto Osuna. Um, no team aside from the Astros wanted to touch him after uh, allegations of uh, domestic abuse. Um, so we go on, go on getting rid of a toxic human being. Um, but they got Ken Giles, who throws 100 miles an hour. But as Yankee fans know, uh, he's wild, and he can definitely be hit. So it's going to be interesting having, having a guy like him being their closer full-time. You also have guys in that bullpen like, uh, like David Phelps, the uh, former Yankee who was injured last year. So he could definitely be a bit of an X-factor for this team. You also have people uh, like the right-handed Ryan Tapera out of the bullpen. So it's, it's not like they have big names, uh, but they have guys who can definitely uh, pitch serviceable innings. Um, They'll pitch a lot. They will get some outs, and they will get others. Uh, it's a bit of a cliche answer, but the bullpen is going to be okay. It's a bunch of guys without names that you would know. 
aside from Ken Giles, who has definitely been one of the more um, uh, high-profile guys in their bullpen. He's the, he's the most high-profile guy in their bullpen. I mean, he was on a World Series champion Astro team. He pitched a combined no-hitter back with the Phillies in 2014. So he's definitely been around the block a few times. Um, but that being said, um, this bullpen is going to be one of the Achilles heels of their team because if the rotation is not going to be very good past their first two, then the bullpen is definitely not going to help. Yeah. Um, Ken Giles, he's a he kind of was a threat – I would say before he got traded, I think the Astros um, did well with kind of well with that. I mean, they did get some, a pitcher that a lot of people didn't think the trade was going to go through because of what he did in uh, in his, uh, in his past, but it did go through. And I don't think Ken Giles is really going to be that guy that's back to what he was um, because if you see him versus the Yankees and the thing where he, he punched himself in the face, I mean, that was something that, you know, probably got the Astros a little, what is going on with this guy? Um, obviously it was frustration, but that kind of went a little too far. He did get, I think he did get suspended a few games for just doing that. Um, but yeah, I really, that Ken Giles, I think will, he'll be one of those mediocre pitchers. He'll definitely be the closer for the uh, Blue Jays. Um, he is wild, as we know. So um, it will be a very interesting year to see what he, he does uh, for the Blue Jays and, you know, their future. Um, and, yeah, I I think he'll be an all right pitcher um, for the Blue Jays for, for their bullpen. Yeah, he'll be okay. That's about all you can say about him as far as uh, the, the Blue Jays bullpen goes. He'll be the best guy. Uh, throw 100 miles an hour. And I'll throw some guys out. But like I, like you said, uh, he gave up a current home run to Gary Sanchez last year in a, uh, a tie ball game in the ninth inning. And he punched himself in the face. He punched himself in the face. He's a bit of an odd guy. But that being said, he's got a good white arm. Um, if he can control it, that's a fuck to him. And if he can't, then the Blue Jays will just be all the worse for it. Uh, he's been inconsistent, obviously. Right. Walks guys. But we shall see. Um, now, on from the, uh, the mediocrity of the rotation of the bullpen, to an actual bright spot for this team, uh, the lineup for the Blue Jays, they can hit. Now, they can, they can actually really hit. And they got some guys who are coming up who can prove that they can really hit as well. Um, I, I like their infield with um, – First base is probably going to be uh, Roddy Telez or Justin Smoke. He's probably going to have Smoke be the first base, and with Telez being the uh, no Telez will DH and play from first base with Kendrys, obviously. Um, but you have Devin Travis, uh, Lourdes Gurriel, Brendan Drury. Um, so there's there's some spots to win. I think Gurriel's got a spot at shortstop. Uh, I think Travis is at second base, and Smoke will be the first base with uh, Drury uh, probably playing most of the time at third base. Um, with Galvis playing all around, so I think that's a good road. That's a good uh, infield. But they're um, and they can all hit. they can all hit pretty well. We saw what Drury can do. I like Lourdes Gurriel. He's got a good bat, a quick bat. Uh, smoke's got some power, a lot of power. And Travis is a good average hitter. 
their catchers, uh, Reese McGuire, Luke Maley, Danny Jansen, they're, eh, they're okay. They got okay catchers. They're, they're not going to do anything great. So there's that. Uh, and their outfield is going to be probably Pilar, obviously, in center. Uh, Dalton Pompey, probably out there in uh, probably uh, as a backup outfielder. But as a starter, probably have Teoscar playing left field, Teoscar Hernandez playing left field, and Gritchick playing right with Kendrick Morales as their DH. Um, at least start the year. Um, that'll be a pretty good hitting team, but you're going to have some prospects like Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and Kevin Vigio coming up who can really hit, with Vlad Guerrero Jr. being the best prospect in all of baseball. Um, I think he's really ready to prove himself as a hitter, and he's going to make a good offense even better. Um, so the one part of the team that can scare you uh, is their pretty potent offense. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the infield from, uh, from third to first, you know, it's all right. Um, I think Drury, uh, is in competition with, uh, uh, Guriel Jr. Or Guerrero Jr. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, them two are definitely going to be fighting for third base. Uh, I do think, you know, Guerrero will get called up sometime. It has to be sometime this year. They're gonna. They need to do pull the trigger and bring him up. And um, I think it's that time. Um, but yeah, I think Smoke will do do pretty well this year. Um, I do have him at uh, at some pretty good numbers. So yeah, and I think Travis, he's okay. Um, but yeah, I think the infield uh, will be fine. The outfield. They do have some, you know, they have Kevin Pillar, which I'm pretty sure will be their everyday uh, center fielder. And uh, the corners will – I feel like there won't be a set guy. I feel like they'll always be, be changing um, and swapping them out. So, yeah, I think the the infield and outfield for the Blue Jays will be – it'll be okay. Um, I think they definitely need some work, um, and I definitely think they can, you know, definitely get it fast. Um, maybe not this year or next year, but definitely in a few years as they, uh, you know, get good draft picks, draft good players, and get some good prospects. I think they can really build their their team up. And uh, for the catchers, they're all right, um, as you said. Uh, I don't think it's anything to uh, be crazy over. I I couldn't uh, I couldn't see your point any any clearer. Um, I I totally see what you're talking about and agree with. Uh, this team. It, it, it'll be good um, with a with a fairly fairly good offense. Um, I like Smokes Bat. I always like Smokes Bat. They'll have some good uh, some good role players on their bench, like a former Yankee Billy McKinney, uh, be a backup outfielder. Uh, probably have Freddie Galvis being a backup short third, second base player. Um, Luke Bailey and Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen, if they're all on the team, will probably switch time to catcher. So they got a fairly fluid bench. Um, their X factor going into this season um, is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the one guy on this team that can make this team a 500 team um, because he is he is that that beacon of hope for these Blue Jays. Um, they really believe in uh, in sons of our ball players with uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, and Bo Bichette. So those three guys really are the X factor for this team. What do you think? Yeah, I think. You know, Bo and uh, 
Guerrero will definitely be those guys that they're going to be targeting over probably now to, you know, a few years. Um, and, you know, that's got to be their focus to, you know, get them developed and bring them up um, and hope that, you know, they could do something. Um, Guerrero, I I know he hasn't played an ML, you know, an official MLB game yet, um, but my predictions were a little lower on the lower end just because I want to see something. I want to see him get, uh, you know, be up on the Blue Jays team and play, you know, consistently and see if, you know, if he's that big, big guy, like kind of like an Aaron judge, like he didn't start out so well, but look at him now. I want to see if he grows into somebody that's a star, all, you know, right out of his like first, to second year. Um, and yeah, so my prediction for the Blue Jays record is 7785. Uh, you could say yours. I think they're going to be 75 and 87, personally. All right. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it for the Blue Jays. And um, we'll see you guys with the Tampa Bay Rays next. And, um, yeah, we'll see you guys in a bit. Hi, I'm Koi, one of the two hosts of FanCast. This week we will be having a special NL East preview episode. It'll be a 90-minute segment where we will be talking about all five NL East teams, including bringing in hosts of the Marlins Catch and Amazing Mets. We will be breaking down predictions, the playoff implications in the division, and what Bryce Harper's decision could impact the NL East. Make sure to tune in. All right, welcome back, um, and we are, we'll be talking about the Rays, but before we, you know, talk about them, if you guys want to get any tickets for spring training that's starting soon and uh, or the regular season or any other type of event, make sure you guys go to Stubyard and use code BPN10 at checkout, um, and yeah, you guys could uh, get some tickets off your purchase. Um, but yeah, let's hop right into the Rays. Um, those are this is a team that's right up there with the Yankees and the Red Sox. So um, yeah, let's see about their rotation lineup and uh, their bullpen. Their rotation has a good one, a phenomenal one actually. The guy who just won the Cy Young, Blake Snell. Blake Snell is one of baseball's best young pitchers. Um, I think he really uh, came into his own last year, obviously winning the Cy Young Award. Um, he's got a good guy behind him with uh, Charlie Morton, who the, um, <clears throat> the race signed this offseason. Um, you got uh, Tyler Glass now, who they got from the, um, they got from the Pirates in the, um, in the Chris Archer trade. So he'll probably be in the rotation. Brent Honeywell, who I like a lot. I like him a lot is um, coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, not really certain whether he'll be on uh, opening day with the team, but he did miss all of last season, so he'll probably be out for a few months to start the year. But I like his arm a lot. Uh, and they do use that opener a lot. They use Jacob Faria as an opener. Um, they use several other guys as openers. 
So they definitely really don't have a set rotation. Uh, the Rays have always been a franchise to do, do, do things differently. So they'll probably have guys like Ryan Yarborough or Chaz Rowe um, or Jacob Faria, like I mentioned, um, start games and then have the bullpen finish the game out. Um, it's it's an interesting way of doing things, but if it works for them, I mean, hey, the team won 90 games last year. So they did something right. Um, they really uh, they really prove that you can win without really a, a full rotation. You can use openers. I don't think it's the future of baseball. I think it's something to work for a few teams, but I don't think it's the future. But they definitely did uh, what they uh, what they did with the opener thing uh, well. So that's my thought on the rotation. Yeah, um, Blake Snell. You know, he's one of those uh, guys that he has his up and down seasons. I looked at his past years and, you know, one record was good. Another record was bad. The ERA is fluctuated uh, each year, but I think that last year that he had is definitely something to look at and be a little, a little skeptical because I think, you know, he was a top guy, you know, in the Cy Young, he, you know, he was one of the pitchers that was, you know, kind of got a little snubbed from the, you know, all-star uh, team. So I think um, they could definitely do, you know, something with him, with Charlie Morton. Uh, you know, he won a World Series. Um, he'll be a big factor for for the Tampa Bay Rays. I hope they use him well um, and don't turn him into what they, he was with the Pirates. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, those two guys will be the centerpieces of the, uh, rotation and other guys will follow. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I think about the, uh, the rotation. Yeah, I think the rotation can be good. Uh, their first two guys definitely have, um, have pedigree, have experience. Um, and the, to talk about their bullpen after we're talking about the rotation, which we're going to bring up now. Is, is, is kind of strange because they have an enormous bullpen because they have guys in the bullpen who start. I mean, you're starting off last season. Sergio Romo started a few games from last year. Uh, Sergio Romo is now at the Marlins. But, I mean, their bullpen clearly is good enough to have a guy throw one inning and have nine guys pitch a ball game if they're going to throw one inning. So, talking about their bullpen, they have – Obviously, they have Chaz Rowe with phenomenal slider, um, Ryan Yarborough, uh, Jacob Faria, Yanni Chirinos. All these guys um, are, are serviceable pitchers. Uh, Jose Alvarado, a uh, lefty, a uh, young lefty. So they have guys to mix and match. I mean, former prospect uh, Anthony Banda from the Yankees, a former Yankee prospect, uh, a, a good lefty. So it's not like they have a, um, a surplus of dominant arms. They have a surplus of arms. Yeah. Um, I think the bullpen, Sergio Aromo, he wasn't a guy that was um, – he was a guy that, you know, helped their bullpen, but he wasn't like a guy that, you know, was set down – he was their future 
because uh, he is pretty old. Um, but I actually am pretty glad the uh, the Marlins picked him up. I think that's something good that they could uh, build off of for their rebuild. But yeah, I think the Rays they don't really have a lot of guys that are set to you know be an amazing bullpen. They just have people that are filling that spot. And um, yeah, I don't think any of them. It'll it'll be interesting to see their their bullpen in full effect when they need it, uh, when they burst some of these top uh, end teams. As you know, they won 90 games. So I really want to see, you know, if their bullpen can do some, you know, things that we maybe aren't expecting. Definitely. And, I mean, this team doesn't have to have a set closer, but I don't think that matters to them. So that's that's good for the uh, that's for the rotation and the bullpen and all their, all their arms. As far as the goes, their lineup is actually pretty decent. They have a power rating catcher now with Mike Zunino, their trade from the um, from the Mariners. Um, their infield, I mean, Joey Wendell's going to be the second baseman, and I like him as he's got a good average. He'll hit 10, 15 around that home runs, um, play second base. Uh, probably Matt Duffy will play third um, or, or, or play short, one of those two. Um, if he's anything like he was with the Giants, if he's healthy, you could pencil in for 285 and uh, 20 homers. Um, G-Man Choi is some guy they had last year who they like. Uh, G-Man Choi, if Yankee fans remember, was um, he was on the Yankees uh, two seasons ago, came up uh, with the Angels and was traded to the Yankees, and he's a, a big, he's a large man, um, large Korean man from uh, the Angels system who, uh, who had some power. And the uh, Rays started him last year, and he batted 260 with eight homers in 49 games. So I think they like him at first base. Um, shortstop could be uh, – I mean, sorry, third base could be uh, Christian Arroyo, who they got from the Giants, who's, a, who's very young. And the route field is going to be Abisal Garcia, Kevin Kiermaier, um, and probably Austin Meadows with Tommy Pham seeing a lot of DH time. Um, so Tommy Pham is a great ball player. Tommy Pham is, is one of the most overlooked players in the game. I think, I think he's really um, uh, hits above all fields. I think he has some power. So Tommy Pham is, is, is a hidden gem with the, uh, with, with the Rays. Um, so overall, their offense is good. It's not Blue Jays good, but it's good. But the th- difference between the Rays and the Blue Jays is the Rays' offense is good, but the Rays' pitching is pretty, pretty darn good. So they they can they have more balance as a team than the Blue Jays do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Joey Wendell. I've when he was playing against the Yankees, I really like this guy. I think this guy is definitely going to be something that they need to keep for the future. Um, and that first baseman they brought up, I think he's pretty good. So, you know, their infield's looking pretty decent. Um, with also with the outfield with uh fame uh that 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 they got uh through a trade i think he's definitely going to have to be one of those guys they have to build around um, cuz he's definitely one of those they need they need to keep him they can't they can't get rid of him um they need a, some some type of star and i'm glad they got one um with Mike Zanino as being their catcher um but uh yeah, I really don't see 
um, than really doing anything else. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, their, their infield should be um, pretty decent with their, you know, their, their pitching has, uh, has, you know, erupted a little bit. They got, they got Blake Snell that, you know, had a great season and um, now they add Charlie Morton to it. So I think, I think they'll be pretty set over the Blue Jays, which they need a little bit of work in the bullpen and um, and a little bit of the pitching side. They do need some work as a team. Uh, that's clear and evident. Um, but to win 90 games again, no, personally. Um, I just don't think that the bullpen with a sh- short rotation, with an, a good but okay offense – is really going to help this team. I mean, they have some good bench players like Yandy Diaz, who they got um, in the trade, a three-way trade with the Indians, Mariners, and Rays with Eben Encarnacion. Um, so they have some nice role players, but nothing on this team screams out at you as phenomenal except uh, from their one starter, from Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young. Um, I do like the signing of Avisel Garcia. Uh, I think he is a good line-to-line hitter with some power. Um, he was an all-star a few seasons ago. Uh, so I, I do think Garcia is a, is a welcome addition to this team. Uh, but I don't see them winning uh, 90 games. I think, I think they'll be close. Um, I, think I think they have this sort of uh, unconventional style of baseball down to a, a pseudoscience. So if I had to give them a, a record what I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be an 88-74-win uh, team. I think uh, Snell's going to be 17 and 8 with a 282. I think he's going to regress uh, a little bit uh, with his, um, with his, which is such a dominant season he had last year. I really believe that the league's going to figure out a little bit. So it might be a little bit of, a, of an overhaul with, uh, with, with Snell's regression, but I think it'll still be good. Um, but I do think they're going to be an 88 win team um, when it's all said and done. Yeah, um, I had the Rays going 85 and uh, 77 with Blake Snell going. 19 and six. I think he's not going to have as many wins, but I think he's still going to be um, a pretty solid pitcher for them. And then I had him at a 2.45 ERA with 236 strikeouts. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty decent for a you know a second year um, after he had an amazing for, uh, year last year. I mean, he pitched lights out. Um, he's not a rookie. I'm not saying I'll. Oh, first year, but I meant first really good year um, for him. So, yeah, I think this uh, this year will will be really good for him as well. I totally, I totally can uh, uh, see them be a good team this year as well. Um, but with that, we are going to uh, go into a quick ad here. We're going to raise and we're going to the Boston Red Sox in just a moment. Hello, everybody. This is Blake here with the Rattle Up podcast podcast all about the Arizona Diamondbacks. This week, we will preview the National League West Division and go over each team, how their offseason has gone, including trades and trades and signings, and predict who will be the MVP, Cy Young, Silver Slugger, Rookie of the Year, Delivery Man of the Year, and Comeback Player of the Year for each team, including the Giants, Padres, Dodgers, Rockies, and and D-backs. We will also predict the MLB Awards, Playoff Picture, and World Series Eventual Champion. All that and much more on the 90-Minute NLS Preview Show this Friday, 10 Eastern Time, 8 Mountain Time. That's 10 Eastern Time, 8 Mountain Time. See you there. 
All right. Uh, welcome back. We will be going over Boston Red Sox. But before we do that, if you guys want to call in and ask any questions about the AL East or the playoff uh, predictions, um, you guys can call in at 845-277-9345 and we'll answer any of your questions. But let's hop into this Red Sox team that is one of the heavy hitters for the division um, against us. So, um, yeah, what do you got? Definitely. This, this is our – I mean, it's been our rival since the Yankees traded Babe Ruth – since the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees. They are who we've always competed against, and this year is no different. Going strictly into their rotation to begin with, they have one of the best pitchers in baseball, top three pitchers in baseball, in Chris Sale as their number one. He's amazing. He's a phenomenal slider, a great fastball, although it has, his fastball uh, velocity has dipped in recent years, and I think that'll be a bit of a downfall for him uh, this season slightly. Um, you have David Price, who had a surprisingly bounce-back season, mostly except when he faced the Yankees, um, which I'm okay with. Um, I still don't think he's a very good pitcher. I think their contract is a bit of a bust, even though they won a World Series. That's to be, uh, that's to be discussed. Um, I think... They have they have a Valdi, who's great. I think he's great last year, but that was last year. This is this year. He's never done that before. Let's see him do it again. If he does it again, then I'm wrong. Then, I, then I'm wrong, and I'm okay with being wrong. And Valdi is really this great pitcher. Um, but I saw him pitch. I saw him pitch at the Yankees. I know what he is. So until he does it again, I'm going to I'm going to think Nathan Valdi is flashing the pen. We have Juan Rodriguez, who. I mean, let's, let's, call, let's call it. He's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. I mean, he's, he's not going to excite you. He's not going to go out and be like, oh, my God, you got to watch your water Rodriguez today. No, he's a good pitcher, and he's serviceable. He'll win the 12 games. That's about where, that's about where he's going to be. And Rick Porcello, I mean, who knows what you're going to get Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello won the side a few years ago. So, I mean, he's an enigma. He really... He could be a guy who wins 20 games or, wins young, or he could be the guy who wins 12 games as a 4-5 ERA. I mean, it's a toss-up when it comes to uh, uh, the Red Sox rotation. Uh, but before we get into the bullpen, I want your thoughts on uh, this Red Sox pitching staff. Yeah. Um, so, we all know Sale is a really good pitcher. He did get injured uh, a little bit last year. Um I have him kind of at that uh, record where he's okay, he's he's good, but he's not bad. He's not you know himself. Um, I don't think he'll be. I know it was a little bit of like an arm injury, but you know he throws ninety six, ninety nine, uh, that type of range. And if you watch the playoffs, he wasn't throwing that hard. He was he was an all right pitcher. I think he he did his job. Um, but he wasn't throwing those high 90s um, that he, you know, usually does. Uh, so I see him kind of bringing that velocity back. Uh, but the record I don't see being um, as high as previous years. So um, I think he'll be. A, I think he'll definitely be the ace that they need, and he'll he will be effective. I just don't think his record will be. Um, that 20 plus win record. Um, I don't, I don't see that this year. Um, Nathan Evaldi, we saw him in the playoffs last year. We saw what he did uh, after he left Tampa Bay. 
Um, I think he did he did pretty good. Um, we really haven't seen it from him before, uh, so I can't really see him, you know, returning with that type of with that type of uh, you know competitiveness that he had. Rick Porcello. I really don't think he's any. I don't really think he's anything to this Yankees team uh, or any team really. I really think he's one of those softball pitchers that um, could get smacked every once in a while um, with an all right record. But um, yeah, that's what I have for the uh, the rotation. Well, now with that, their their best pitchers in that rotation. Moving on to. The Red Sox, Achilles heel, their terrible, terrible bullpen. The Red Sox, arguably, have the worst bullpen in baseball. And I'm not saying that because I don't like the Red Sox like Yankee fan. I'm saying that because I have eyes and I can see that the Red Sox have a terrible bullpen. Matt Barnes is their best pitcher out of the bullpen. Just stop me when you hear a name you know. Ryan Brazier, Heath Hembry, Brian Johnson. No, not the lead singer of ACDC. Brian Johnson, the pitcher. Do you know him? No. <clears throat> Bobby Pointer, Tyler Thornburg, Hector Velasquez, Marcus Walden, Brandon Workman, and Stephen Wright, the knuckleballer. Now, that sounds like a beer league softball team that you just plucked off the streets of Boston and put in the bullpen. That is not a bullpen. If they sign Craig Kimbrell, even if they sign Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell is a Hall of Fame closer and will dominate for a few more seasons, although his, his skills have been diminishing. You saw with the playoffs how he could be hit. But they, they needed to use Chris Sale and Nathan Avaldi in the bullpen just to win the World Series last year. That's how bad their bullpen was. And they had Craig Kimbrell. They had Craig Kimbrell. And I still need to use Salem Hall behind the bullpen because their bullpen was so terrible. So, I mean, oh, Sale, Porcello, Price, Evaldi, and Rodriguez are not all going to go nine innings every day. This isn't the 1880s, okay, when, when guys threw 600 innings. They're not going to go that innings. Their bullpen is going to break down. And unless they sign Craig Kimbrell or some other semblance of a relief pitcher, then this is going to be a really interesting and strange like team for the Red Sox because they haven't addressed the bullpen. I don't know how any Red Sox fan can sit back and say, we're going to win 100 games again because we got a great, we got a great rotation, a great offense. Yeah, you have no bullpen. Bullpens are the wave of baseball now. The Royals did it. The Yankees are doing it. Every other team's doing it, except for the Red Sox. Let's see how it works out for them. Uh, what do you think? Um... Now, my record prediction kind of actually reflects this bullpen. Um, I don't see them winning as many games because of just the bullpen in general. Because, uh, I mean, they were – I could really see them struggling with this part of the, the lineup. I mean, anything could happen. You know, one of their rotation pitchers gets injured or, you know, ha- can't pitch that day or something happens. Or, you know, they get, you know, their pitcher gets smacked and they have to take him out in the second inning. 
this is going to be a bad game for them already. I mean, they have no pitching. They got to use their whole bullpen for a whole game. Now you don't have a whole. Now you don't even have a bullpen because you used all of your not so great pitchers from the bullpen, and now you're stuck in a hole. So I really think there's going to be a. I would say five to eight games of what I just explained because I can't really see, you know, the bullpen holding in and making sure that this team can win over a hundred games like they did last year. Um, even if they do get Crimble back, I really can't see them holding on and getting past, you know, what they need to do. So I really think this bullpen is, is dirt down to the bottom um, of this, you know, of the MLB. So I really don't see any other team that can be worse. Maybe, maybe some of these lower end teams like the Marlins or something, but I really cannot see anything worse than, than this Red Sox team. And the, the Marlins actually have a few good pitchers too. So yeah, I, I have no, no more words for, for their terrible bullpen. Yeah, my disdain for this bullpen is, uh, is, is very evident. Um, but on to the worst aspect of this team, to probably the best aspect of this Boston Red Sox team, who, for all we've talked about, for all the bad we've talked about the Red Sox and their bullpen, they won the World Series. They're the champions. We have, to, we, we have to beat them to get to where we have to get to. So I do respect this team. I think this team is good for all, for all the, uh, the nonsense I've been saying with their bullpen. It's terrible, but they have a good team. Um, their offense is going to show it. Christian Vasquez and Sandy Leone will probably split time at catcher. Uh, you got first base. You got uh, Mitch Moreland and Steve Pierce. Split time there. Lefty righty. Second base will probably be Nunez uh, or Holt until Pedroia is healthy. Uh, shortstop, you got Xander. You got Bogarts, who is a, a, a really good ball player. They really blossomed into a good ball player. And I think they're going to give the third base to Rafael Devers who has a really good bat. He's young, has to work on his defense. Um, he's, he's sort of like the, uh, the Red Sox version, uh, the Red Sox version of a poor man, Miguel Andujar. Not as good as, not as good a ball player as Miguel Andujar, but sort of has the same thing. Can, can hit with bad defense. Uh, again, Andujar's a better ball player, but the, my, my point is still valid. Their outfield is where they distinguish themselves. Benintendi, Bradley, that's when the MVP. Benintendi is a sweet swing. Uh, Reminds me a lot of Paul O'Neill. And Jackie Bradley is one of the best fielders in the game at any position. And, of course, their phenomenal signing at DH for J.D. Martinez, who, I mean, what a season he had. What an absolutely phenomenal season he had. Um, so I think this, this Red Sox uh, lineup is really one to fear. I think the Yankees have a better. I'm not going to lie. The Yankees have a better outfit. I think, I think they're better in that aspect. Um, but this offense is, is definitely a, a fearsome, fearsome offense. Yeah. Um, with that outfield that they, they, you know, they've developed, I think it will be, be something special for, you know, many years to come um, as they keep going. Um, also with the J.D. Martinez signing, with um, him being a D.H. and everything, um, I think he had an awesome year last year. Hopefully, for us Yankees fans, he's not that he doesn't have that spectacular year like he had last year. Um, but I do still think he'll be some type of threat in the lineup, um, as he was like 
once he was up at the plate, you knew he was going to hit the ball and it was going to go somewhere. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be fine on that on that end. And um, the catchers will probably split. Um, Devers, I do think, will be hopefully one of those uh, everyday third basemen and kind of be like an Andujar, um, even though you know Andujar is better. Um, Bogart definitely taking that position. I do think Brock Holt and Nunez. I do see Nunez maybe also covering third base um, for them. And uh, Steve Pierce and Mitch Moreland, I think, will split. Um, depending on what the pitcher is in the lineup, I think they'll they'll move him around, those two guys around. Um, but, yeah, pretty solid, you know, uh, infield and outfield. Um, but their bullpen is just something that needs to be fixed. Definitely, definitely, definitely. The bullpen is a weak is a weak spot on this team. Um, they have a decent bench, obviously, with uh, Blake Swihart being back at catcher, probably. Uh, Brock Holt is the everyman; he plays everywhere, um, so he'll be the backup outfielder slash infielder. Um, they have Marco Hernandez, who's a infielder, and Suzuan Lin, uh, another infielder. So they have some guys who can back up, but nobody, um, nobody has. Really, no one really stands out for me um, as a real uh, as a real solid um, backup player. The, the if I had to say something that that could could probably make this team better um, than they than they should be as far because their bullpen's awful. I think Alex Cora is a good manager. I really do. I think Alex Cora is a good manager. As much as I don't like him, I think he's a good manager. I think he can get the most out of this team. I think he works players well. I think, I think he was on that uh, that that Astros team that won the World Series. Uh, on the coaching staff. So if I had to pick like a sort of X factor for this team, um, I think it's our manager. The Galax core is one of the better ones in the game. Yeah, I agree. I don't think their bold, their uh, bench is anything special. Uh, they will fill probably holes in um, from, you know, here and then. But uh, yeah, I do think that the coach, the coaching has to be some, some of the, the, the core of the Red Sox right now because, you know, they have everything. They need a bullpen. And uh, I think with even good pitching and not a bullpen, they can still be a 90-plus team um, because, you know, they have a they have a coach that won, won a World Series before they, he even came to the uh, Red Sox. So I do think that uh, the coaching and everything will definitely be a big factor in this season for the Red Sox. And, um, yeah, hopefully they could uh, – we could see something with the bullpen um, being something, but I really don't see anything with uh, with how things are turning out this off season. Um, yeah, I just think that that bullpen is going to be uh, going to be tough to uh, to piece together. But um, with that, we are going to finish up here with the uh, with the Red Sox, and we're going to go into our uh, our playoff predictions next. But first, uh, we're going to hear a little bit of an ad for you. So here you go. This week on the iView, we talk about what the MLB will be doing in spring training games as there will be 20-second pitch clocks for each pitcher. We will also be talking about possible enemies in the division and who will put up good division games along with rivalries and how our first two spring training games went along with full reports and any news from spring training games and practices so far. Make sure you tune in this Sunday. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, we are back with uh, playoff predictions. 
this is for the whole league, so we're also going to jump into the NL a little bit. And, um, yeah, let's start the predictions. Yeah, uh, if, I didn't, if I didn't mention it before, um, I think the Red Sox will be 96 and 66, so I think they'll be a second-place team and a wild-card team. Um, I'm giving my playoff predictions um, with um, – it's not biased. I think the Yankees will win the AL East. I think the Yankees will win the East. Um, the Indians are the only team in the NL Central – the NL, AL Central – who is going to be over 500, so they'll win the division. And the West will be the Astros. Um, I think that's pretty cut and dry, um, with the wild card teams being the Red Sox. Um, and I think the Tampa Bay Rays will squeeze in there. I don't think Oakland's going to be as good. Um, the Angels aren't going to be as good. So I think the Tampa Bay Rays will sneak in there um, with an 88-win season. Um, I, I think in the NL – I think the Braves win the East. The Cubs win the Central. After they lost last year, the Brewers they just have better pitching. If 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 say if say um, Milwaukee signs uh, Dallas Keuchel, then it could be the Brewers. But as of right now, Cubbies are the are the uh, NL Central champions, and the West would be the Dodgers. And it's pretty cut and dry as well. With the two wild card teams being um, the Mets and the Rockies, those are my division winners. And I'm going to let you talk about your division winners and wild card teams, um, and then I'll go into my. Um, my, my playoff predictions uh, shortly thereafter, but you tell me your division winners and your wildcard teams. All right. So um, I did have, I didn't say this uh, last segment, but I did have the Red Sox going 94 and 68 uh, just for their bullpen issues. Um, but I have the Yankees winning in the East, Indians winning the AL Central, Astros winning the AL West, and um, having the Red Sox and the Oakland A's in the uh, wild card. Um, and then I had the Braves, uh, the Brewers, and the Dodgers winning the East, Central, and West for the NL. And then I had the Phillies and the Cubs winning, uh, going to the wild card. I had the Phillies going to the wild card because even if they don't land Harper, their team is solid with JT Real Muto signing, getting him. I think that was huge. Um, and all the signings that they've already done, I think they could definitely make it to the uh, wild card. And then the Cubs, I can't see them winning the Central just because, um, I don't know, man. I, I can't see them winning it. They've they've been in the playoffs, but they, every year they keep declining to a new a new spot in uh, in the playoffs. So I do think the Brewers can definitely take that spot with how they played last year. Um and yeah, that's my uh, my predictions for um, for my side of the uh, playoffs. Uh, there are no wrong answers in predictions, and I, I can definitely see the Brewers winning the division in the Central. Um, I just think the Cubs pitching is just that much better, and that the Brewers have very many very much pitching. But going into my uh, my playoff predictions, who I think is going to win the wild card games, the uh, DSCS and World Series for both leagues. Um, in the AL wild card, I have the Red Sox beating the Rays. I just think that uh, in Chris Sale versus Blake Snell, with the offense that the uh, Red Sox have, it's going to be a Red Sox victory. Um, and I see the uh, the Mets uh, beating the Rockies because um, good pitching beats good hitting every time, and that'll be a theme here. In the ALDS, um, there'll be the Yankees facing the team who won a wild card game, that being the Red Sox. Uh, I think the Yankees will take down the Red Sox um, and disappoint the Red Sox, taking down the champions. And I think the Astros beat the Indians. So I think um, – and in the NLDS, I have the Mets beating the Dodgers. 
I had him at being the Dodgers because behind Kershaw, yeah, Bueller's very good, but Kershaw is not a good postseason pitcher. I think the Mets have a, have a better offense and a good rotation that's built for a short series. So I think if the Mets make the playoffs, they can be very dangerous. So that's why I had the Mets beating the Dodgers there. Uh, I had the Braves beating the Cubs. Uh, I think uh, the Braves have dynamic ball players who could definitely stand toe-to-toe with the Cubbies. Um, I had the Yankees beating the Astros. I think the Yankees have a I think the Astros have, I think the Astros have a more dynamic offense. Uh, I just happen to think the Yankees have um, the, the rotation and the the power to take down the Strohs. And um, this is going to be interesting, but I had the Mets beating the Braves uh, in the NLCS. I had because, like I said, the theme is good pitching beats good hitting. Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler. I, I just think that's going to be. Uh, the, the 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 upside for the Mets, and in the World Series, yes, I did predict the Subway Series. I predicted the Yankees versus the Mets World Series, and I could not have the Mets winning the World Series. But also in my head, I just don't think the Mets would win. Uh, the Yankees, I have winning the World Series. I had them winning the World Series against the Mets because the Yankees have a good offense, a good rotation. The Red Sox, the the Mets have a great rotation and a goodish. Offense. So with, with not, not really the best bullpen, you have a great bullpen. So I think when it comes to, when it comes down to it, uh, the Yankees will take down the Mets in the 2019 World Series. Now, give me your um, give me your predictions about this uh, very early postseason prediction. All right. So I have um, the Red Sox beating the Oakland A's, and the reason I actually had the Oakland A's in there is. I think from last year, we never we didn't really expect Oakland to be doing anything like they were doing. I think they have a solid year again um, with what they have. And, uh, you know, maybe we don't know. They could bring something up out of surprise and get someone really good or have a really good prospect or anything that's coming up. So I do think that they could definitely go to the wild card again. But I do think the Red Sox have the uh, better hand here and they will win. And then I had Philly, the Phillies beating the Cubs um, just because I do think the Phillies' offense right now looks it looks, it looks really, really good. Um, and the Cubs, I, I, I really I don't know if the pitching will be there for them um, as they have you know, Cole Hamels um, and uh, Lester, which is getting up there in age. Um, I don't think they can beat the Phillies. I think the Phillies are going to be this upcoming new young team. Uh, if even if they if they land Harper, then I definitely see them beating the Cubs um, on this one. So um, yeah, I do think the Phillies will move on. And then for the ALDS, I mean yeah, the ALDS winners, I had the Yankees beating the Red Sox and the Astros beating the Indians um, for the for that series. And then for the NLDS. This was a little bit of a hard one because um, Dodgers and the Phillies, uh, they had their leeway. Um, but I do see the Dodgers do, you know, beating the Phillies with A.J. Pollock and, you know, Turner. And they're going to get Corey Seager back and uh, Max Muncy and uh, Bellinger. I really can see them with, you know, they're all right. I mean, I don't – they their rotation doesn't do – what's expected in the playoffs, but I can definitely see them pulling it off on the Phillies um, 
they don't really have any leeway with starting pitching with Nola um, being really their, their top guy there. And then I do have the Braves beating the Brewers. Um, as you said, the, the Brewers don't have, you know, decent pitching, but I don't think the Braves do either. Um, their rotation's a little wonky, but I do see them beating the Brewers with, you know, their new addition of Josh Donaldson. Um, and, you know, they have Ronald Acuna and uh, Ozzy Albies. So I do see, you know, that core even though Josh Donaldson's a little old, I do think he'll fill and really play third base well for the, for the Braves. So I do see them beating the Brewers. Um, and then the ALCS, I have the Yankees beating the Astros. Uh, there's really nothing to say there. I do think uh, the Yankees could definitely beat the Astros this year. Uh, with the Astros having a little bit of a weaker rotation, um, and, yeah, they move on to the World Series. And I do have the Dodgers beating the Braves in the, L- in the NLCS because I do think Kershaw and Bueller, and a lot of people have forgot, but Yo Darvish is on the Dodgers. I, he's not been at all good for, uh, for, for the Dodgers lately but, or any team, um, but I do think he can come back and uh, do something uh, for them. So I do think they move on to the World Series, and we do see the Dodgers going um, back to the World Series and losing to the Yankees. So I do think uh, the Dodgers will, will lose for a third time, which is a little sad, but, uh, yeah, I do see them losing. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with any point you're making. Um, it's very early, uh, and we're, we might be right – you might be wrong. Um, like, like you said, uh, pitching matters a lot, like I've been saying. Um, the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series could be interesting. Um, I mean, remember in 2017, um, they were, when they were there, 2018 they were there. Um, I mean, no, nobody's going to forget. Um, nobody's going to nobody, Nobody's going to uh, sleep on the Dodgers this year because they've been the World Series two years in a row. But I mean, if I, I, I mean, I, I like I like your prediction. I think uh, I could see them happening easily. I just I just like the I just like the next rotation. I really do. Um, Cubs beating the Brewers for the division. That's what I have. I think uh, a comeback season for you Darvish um, will help will help the Cubs. Um, I think um, uh, what's his name. Kyle Hendricks will definitely help the Cubs and Lester. So we have some disparity there. But my, my, I really believe, I really believe in the New York Mets. Um, as much as I'm a Yankee fan, I believe in the New York Mets because they have a very good rotation. They are retooled offense with Cano and Wilson Ramos. Um, they have Conforto and uh, maybe a healthy Cespedes back with a bullpen that has Edwin Diaz and uh, Jerry Sumilia. So, in a short series, if they get there, it could be really, really a deadly team. Um, I think I, I – this could be a very interesting season for some teams who haven't really made headway in a while, like the Mets. We're in the World Series a few years ago. But um, I just I, I just see the, uh, the Mets really being a forcey record with when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
The reason I don't have the Mets in mind is I can't really see them re- all of a sudden being able to rebuild their team in like three to four years, which is qu- that's pretty quick, and being able to go straight through all every team and going to the World Series. Um, the Yankees they took steps to get, are going to take steps to probably get to the World Series, and the Mets just flow by every team. I can't really see that. Um, don't. I'm not saying that the Mets all of a sudden are, you know, really good and no team in the NL can beat them. Um, I just, I can't see them, you know, being the Braves and the Cubs. The Braves are really good young upcoming team. And the Dodgers who have been at the World Series, they've been here many times. Um, I can't really see the Mets with their, I feel like the team is good right now, but uh, they could, you know, they have, they have some age to them. They have a little bit of age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't really see the Mets going there, but, um, that's a pretty good prediction. I, their, their team is solid, so I can definitely see them being maybe a wild card team, um, and definitely getting pretty deep into the playoffs, maybe division or championship series. Um, but yeah. Well, that is, uh, that is our predictions for the, uh, divisions for some, some player, pro- from some player profiles. That is our American League East preview show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I think we had some good predictions here, but uh, that will be wrapping it up for for this uh, the show. We'll be back next week, uh, next Wednesday. I've been Anthony. Uh, thank you for listening. My co-host, uh, Eamon. Uh, we thank you. And um, so long, everybody. If I can make it there Pinstripe Talk is produced by Benson Fector. Pinstripe Talk is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram, Eamon at Yankees Network 99, and Anthony at AF Simeon 16. That's S I M E O N E 16. For more Pinstripe Talk content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Pinstripe Talk. We'll see you next time.